Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Mental Health Casual Podcast. I am your host, Lucky, and today we're going over to the Al-Anon subreddit. But before we get into that, if any of you guys are new here, first off, welcome. This is basically what I do. I just go to different subreddits that have anything to do with mental health, try and give some generalized advice and try and learn something new. But I'm by no means a professional, so feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life however you see fit. Um, so a little update about that, that tape in the mouth thing that I told you guys about uh, yesterday. If you guys didn't uh, weren't here for that. Um, shame on you. No, <laughs> uh, I, I ended up talking about, uh, the fact that I, I, for the last week or so started taping my mouth shut when I go to sleep so that I can, it encourage, it basically like makes it so that I breathe out of my nose more. Um, and because I've tried things uh, for snoring in particular, but for, uh, I've tried things like the, 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 the bite thing, I'm sorry, bite thing, the mouth guard. Um, I don't really, uh, I, I technically am covered by health insurance, but it takes a little while um, before I'm fully under. So the CPAP machine's a little bit out of, um, also, I don't know if I want to do, like if, it, if, I, if there's something that is simple and even though it seems stupid, like I, I'll do it, right? Uh, especially if it's cheap. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, listen, tapes, tapes not that expensive, so uh listen i used to work at home depot i know <laughs> i know how much tape is uh so yeah i started doing that and it's really really cool man like i granted i was a little tired today just because at lunch i ate a lot of pizza i ate a lot of pizza a lot uh the night before well, okay since this is airing on friday um yesterday <laughs> i ate a lot of pizza at lunch and uh yeah it was it was quite a bit so anyway so yeah, I've been I've been really um, enjoying the uh, sleep that I've been getting. Um, you know, not just staying up till eleven and you know trying to wake up at four to go to the gym early to I don't know to to make it seem like it's really cool. Um, but oh wow, speaking of which, I didn't actually uh, post up my my picture today this morning. Wow, that's interesting. Um, on Instagram, I've heard people that don't know, I post a, a picture whenever I go to the gym and do that kind of stuff. But, uh, anyway, um, just wanted to kind of, uh, you know, leave that message out there. Cause you know, one of the things I find with a lot of, with, uh, people's mental health, man, is they do not get enough sleep, um, for many different reasons. Right. And I listen, I'm not trying to say it's easy. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, l listen, uh, it, it's very, very important. And I can tell you that I'm starting to really see the benefits, especially when I go to the gym, um, especially after like a you know, hard day at the warehouse or something like that. Um, getting getting up at five at five o'clock and going to the gym at six because <laughs> I need to get ready. I, it's just me trying to like get up the whole time. Like, oh, um, but, you know, I eventually get there. Um, but yeah, that, that recovery and just the, the way that you feel also, uh, one of the other things that has really been tied to, um, people not getting enough sleep is the, the need for snacking, uh, people who don't get enough sleep. A lot of times will snack throughout the day because they're, they're low on energy. So their body craves things that will give them instant energy. A lot of the things that give you instant energy are, are not all that great for you. It's typically carbs and sugar, um, that uh, are the things that get you there. Uh, not you know, nothing wrong with those things, but if you're constantly snacking throughout the day, also, I mean, let's be honest, we're not going for like a plate of rice or, or potatoes or, 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 or you know steamed potatoes or anything like that, are we? We're we're probably most likely uh, going for the uh, 
the uh, the Oreos or something like that. So anyway, um, just wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of that. But before we uh, get into the Al-Anon subreddit, if any of you guys are new here, not, I'm not going to go through my whole speech, but um, Al-Anon is, is the community where um, uh, basically people are looking for support because they have somebody who is their cue, their qualifier for being in Al-Anon. That cue is an addict. Uh, typically, it is we're talking about alcohol, but I've seen a couple things where they don't... Uh, it's, it's a different drug of choice. Um, so yeah, these are all people talking about their experiences and, and you know trying to seek uh, advice or, or vent about their, their cue, their qualifier, which you'll hear a lot in this uh this particular subreddit uh so i just want to make sure you know what q is when i do say it um so the q is going to be the addict that qualifies them for being an al-anon so anyway let's go to the first uh, post here how do you keep from going going back my boyfriend and i have a pattern get to the, get together he relapses we break up he gets sober repeat except this time he's not even trying to get sober yet this is the longest he stayed drunk since i've known him rational me knows that i need to keep him out of my life even if he was to get sober right now, it would be years before he would be capable of having a relationship. But emotional me misses him so much when he's gone. I miss sober him, and it's so hard. I have blocked him. I'm sorry, I haven't blocked right now because he's so horrible when he's drinking, but then I find myself unblocking him. I know I have to move on and have no idea why I'm having a hard time with it. It's honestly not that I have zero self-confidence. I truly miss sober him. How do you stay away? Because I know it's only a matter of time until he reaches out to me in some way. Um, so you, the the problem is, is that you're divorcing. Um, sorry, it's almost like you're splitting his drunk personality from his personality, which is listen. I, I you know, I'm a different me when I'm drunk. The thing you have to ask yourself is who is initiating the drinking? Is somebody forcing a tube down his throat and putting the alcohol in there? If that's the case, you should definitely figure out how to stop that. Um, no, it's ultimately him who is putting down the alcohol. It's him making that choice uh, instead of suffering. Listen, listen, this is a disease. I get that, right? Even with that disease, though, it would uh, it, imagine this, right? We talk a lot about um, um, addiction being a lot like an allergy. Would you have any sympathy for somebody who decides to consistently eat peanut butter despite the fact that they have peanuts would you consist could you would you keep going up to them and be like like hey man listen i know you love peanut butter man but uh come on like you can't you can't keep doing this you know uh, would you keep trying to care for them or would you just be like okay this is this is ridiculous i gotta get away from you you're just you just keep on eating these these stupid you know you just keep eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches even though you're allergic to peanuts right um, listen, I, I know there, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who would love to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and obviously cannot have it. Right. Um, but th you, you start to lose sympathy for somebody after, as you know, as you start to see them doing the thing that you know, they can't do once again, it's not easy. I'm not trying to say that it is easy, but the sympathy kind of goes out the window. Uh, now like the reason why I say the that's a problem you divorcing the sober him and the drinking him is because you're you're almost looking at it as if um, if you could just get if you could just save the sober him from the drunk him and this is a problem that I find with with people who go into a relationship that try and fix somebody um, typically I find that more females do this than anything else where they, they, they have a man and they try and fix them. 
I don't know if it has anything to do. There was, uh, I remember Jordan Peterson talked about this, but um, one of the things that he talked about, which is like a typical female, sorry, a typical, sorry, male archetype in female fantasies is this guy who is an un, who, who is this beast, right? We get that from Beauty and the Beast. Um, who's this beast of a man who could never be tamed. But then this special girl, right, who the, who the who women fantasize to be them, tames that beast. She's the only one that can tame him. Now he's a prince, right? What does beast turn into? He turns into a prince. The or Well, he was a prince, and then he turned into a beast, then he turns back into a prince. Um, so... You know, you have to be careful, especially women out there. You have to be very careful about trying to fix a guy. Um, if the guy is not already like fixed by the time you get into the relationship, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm not talking about minor things, right? Um, you know, maybe he likes to stay up a little too late. Maybe he likes to, you know, do do certain things. But if it's like an addiction, you got to be very careful about what you're getting into. Um, and the fact that she is, co- you're you're constantly going back in tells me that you ha- you see that little flickering uh, light of hope, which is the sober him. But you have to remember, this is the same person, whether or not they're drinking or not, uh, doesn't excuse their actions when they, when they, when they're drunk. And that's something I really had a a hard time, you know, because everybody, you know, they'd be like, Oh yeah, you, you did this, you did this when you were drunk and you really offended me. And I'd be like, Oh, that was drunk me. Like, listen, I got drunk. I had too much to drink, you know, and I would try and be little, their feelings about uh what i did when i was drunk and that first off that invalidating people's feelings is not a great uh it's not a it's not let's just say it's not a good uh look um also it stops you from examining your own mistakes so uh so yeah so quit divorce like if he is getting drunk and all that other stuff uh, be careful about just acting like that's a different person. Once you actually see that as the person, not saying that he's going to be forever, you know, hooked on this drug of choice, but right now that is who he is right now. This is who he is. Uh, do you want him or do you not? That's what you really have to ask yourself. So, uh, next post over here. Uh, do you ever feel guilty for having a drink? I'm, I'm a mom. And after a stressful day, I like to have a glass of wine or gin. I haven't gotten drunk in years, but a small but small amounts of alcohol uh, relaxes me a little. But I feel guilty for having a drink. Like I tell my cue that he's got a drinking problem, but I drink myself. Well, there's different levels to this, right? If you uh, if you have a small amount of alcohol, you're probably you're probably not you, you probably don't meet the definition for an addict, right? The definition for an addict would be somebody who consistently needs more and more alcohol or consistently gets blacked out drunk. Um, Obviously, it doesn't matter too much about the amount, but it does matter about uh, it does matter about the amount of uh, that gets them drunk, right? Like some people I, I knew who could they could get, they could absolutely get drunk off of like three beers, uh, or not drunk not drunk drunk, but get pretty buzzed. Whereas it took me like five or six beers to get like anything. Um, so, but uh, you know, if I if I had five or six beers and that was enough to get me buzzed then I probably, you know, listen, I know some people who drink four beers a night, right? Um, that would not, that would not be me. I would not be able to do that. I would, you know, absolutely be looking for the most, the, the most amounts, right? Like, you know, let's get a 36 pack and see where we go. <laughs> you know, uh, obviously I'm, I'm laughing about this cause it's, it is funny to me, but, uh, yeah, that it, it, it's a real thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, you telling your, your cue that he's got a drinking problem. It doesn't really, um, 
Uh, listen, uh, the thing about uh, you know being an addict is you have to realize you have to learn how to live in the real world. Give you an example. I have a friend who 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 likes to drink, right? So I I drove him to a place. Uh, he got pretty you know pretty hammered, and I drove him back, right? And then he drank a little bit more. You know, I'm I'm not trying to be evangelical about sobriety to my friends or to I, I, that's what i use this podcast for right if you're ser- searching for a mental health podcast you probably have something that you want to learn about you probably have something that or, or maybe you know you, you you need comfort or something like that totally fine um but you know there are people but you know i i, I also don't uh, if somebody says they have a drink or something like that um, I'll give you an example, actually. My friend, uh, one of my friends, I, I, I was visiting and um, he was like, hey, you know, I have these gummies. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're weed gummies. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm sober. And he, he, he got like really, you know, cold up. And his brother was like, uh, you know, his brother ended up saying the same. He didn't hear us because he had his headphones on. And his brother was like, oh, yeah, do you, do you want some, uh, some of these gummies? And his friend was like, no, 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 he's sober, dude. And I was like, guys, don't worry about it, okay? I, <laughs> I understand, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you don't have to explain yourself to me, right? Um, you, you don't, you, and that's the thing is, uh, I, us addicts, we have to be very careful about. Um, okay, maybe I, I shouldn't probably put me myself in that group, but uh, or identify as uh, you know. Listen, I know I'm an addict, but uh, us, uh, listen, we have to be very careful because you know, listen, every. Drinking is such a very popular thing. It's one of the biggest things that goes cross culture, right? Everybody loves a glass of wine. Everybody loves, you know, some beer. Everybody loves this, right? Um, yes, it does destroy. It has destroyed lives. Uh, but listen, it's just the fact that we're going to have to deal with the the fact that it's very glorified in our society. Now, of course, you can fight against that. Um, but for the most part, I just accept the fact that people drink. People. Uh, that people like to have a few drinks and, and they can stop, right? Um, this is one of the disconnects that I find with people who are mentally ill and people who are not mentally ill, you know, especially the mentally ill people because they get really angry the fact that non-mentally ill people, we, I think we talked about this yesterday, um, the non-mentally ill people can't empathize with them. But, you know, they're, how would they, right? They've never felt that before. Um, so... You know, if you've never even felt something, it's hard to empathize. You know, you can sympathize, you can um, try and feel what they've felt, but uh, yeah, like listen, uh, uh, women who have ch- had childbirth before, I can, you know, I can say, "Wow, that must really suck," but I can't empathize with you. I don't know how that feels. You know, I don't, I don't know how it feels. Why would, why, how would I know how that feels, right? Um, so I'm not going to be able to empathize with you, but I can absolutely, you know, say like, that's tough. I would not be able to do that. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know, you shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel guilty for having a drink um, unless your cue absolutely needs you to be sober. Um, you know, would I, would I ever be able to be with a girl who drinks? Yeah. In moderate amounts, but the, but if she, if she's one of those people who gets blacked out, I wouldn't be able to do that. I it just wouldn't be able to. It, I, it wouldn't be something. It wouldn't be conducive for me. Um, you know, and, and it wouldn't be good for my. I mean, even when it, I remember I quit weed for I think about three or four months, 
and a girl that I was dating was really like super into it. And then I ended up uh, getting back into it. So I know that I am, I can absolutely be peer pressured into, uh, into it. And so I, I have to be very careful about who I, who I um, surround myself with when I'm, you know, cause uh, being, being in a relationship is very, very different. Right. Than you know, having a friend who drinks that you don't live with. So, um, let me see. Um, Let's do one more here. I left my husband at the bar. This is very interesting. I didn't actually read this one beforehand, so we'll see what this says. My husband had already been drinking slurred speech, impaired motor function. I thought mozzarella sticks sounded good, so then, so when he suggested we go to the pub, I shrugged and said, "Okay." I don't feel I didn't feel anxious or worried about his behaviors and actions, but when he but then he had another beer and his behavior worsened. He kept complaining about how the pub had changed because of his new this of oh, sorry because of this new manager. The conversation was boring and I wasn't interested. I told him I wasn't interested in hearing him complain about the manager of the pub and suggested we change the topic. He very quickly told me I could leave, so I did. I told him I loved him and hoped he got home safe. He interrupted me and talked over me over me to tell me he didn't love me, and he's having a really hard time. I said okay and left. I know in my heart I did the right thing and honored myself and my boundaries. Objectively, I know asking to change. The topic of conversation isn't outside of social norms. So why do I feel guilty and upset now that I am home alone in the guest room? I'll read some literature before I sleep. Um, you're going to feel guilty. I mean, listen, guilt is a natural emotion to have when you, when you, I, I think people think, uh, assume, uh, I'm sorry, this isn't me like, you know, going after you or anything. I think sometimes people assume that uh, when you put up a boundary that you're going to feel completely empowered all the time with all of your boundaries. No, you're going to feel some guilt. There are going to be some boundaries that you absolutely need to have uh, that will absolutely give you guilt, right? Um, that's the thing about boundaries. It's for you so that somebody else doesn't step all over you. But ultimately, uh, you know, imagine it almost being like, a, um, you know, a, a, a kid, right? Like you, you, you set up boundaries for kids. Uh, but you know, they, they want the cookies, they want the cookies, like they want the cookies at, at, you know, right before bed, they want this right before bed. Uh, even though, you know, it's going to, you know, keep them up all night and then they start crying. Oh, I hate you, mom. Oh, I hate you, dad. Uh, you know, yeah. You know, you're going to feel guilt. Of course you are with boundaries. Um, but, uh, but yeah, listen, I think that's a really good thing. I think that what you did was absolutely fantastic and more people need to do stuff like this to ad addicts listen um as much as i hate to say this being one myself but addicts are a lot like you know and, and uh, addicts and little kids with their sugar cravings have a lot in common and that being that being said you kind of need to be stern with them you kind of need to uh you know show them that you're serious about uh about the punishments that you're going to give, right? You said you're going to leave. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, you, you say, uh, sorry, my, my sister just texted me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, either way, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird. I'm really proud of you for leaving your husband at the bar. Um, no, listen, he was being, he was being a complete dick um, and he's going to have to learn from this. The, the fact that you did this when he was drunk, right? Makes, you know, makes, uh, excuse me, um, you know, makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, but uh, listen, when you, when you uh, 
make a boundary. Sorry, I'm trying to read this text at the same time. When you make a boundary, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on you guys. When you make a boundary and somebody crosses that boundary, crosses that line, whatever it may be, uh, you have to uh, put your foot down. And it's like this. Uh, I remember hearing um, I remember hearing this. Somebody say this. Uh, they said that uh, there's a police interrogator and he said, I never threaten anything that I can't deliver on. Or else, you know, the person's not going to respect anything that you do, right? They're not going to respect, uh, you know, what you, you know, because they're not going to respect anything that you do because, you know, they know that you're, they, or they, they've lost trust in the fact that you're going to be able to follow up on any of that, right? Like, yeah, no, you're not going to be, you said you'd arrest me, you're not arresting me. Why would I, why would I believe you, right? Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot with that. So anyway, um, don't feel, don't feel, uh, sorry, not, it's not that you shouldn't feel guilty. You're going to feel guilty, except that you're going to feel guilty about it, but you absolutely did the right thing. Um, and I'm proud, I'm very proud of this person for doing that. Anyway, guys, remember you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the info box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.